Welcome, welcome, episode 52, 52 glorious episodes. It's the best, the greatest, the absolute, number one, it's Childrick. Today, we are talking about the continuation of, I'll just say this, the, today marks 365 days till we get our friends up north are going to vote for potentially a new prime minister and get rid of Justin Trudeau. Now, I haven't pulled any punches with how I feel about this particular individual. I don't think that he is smart enough to do any of the things that he's doing. Maybe. That's one, that's one way to look at it. He's not smart enough to do it. And so there are people essentially playing puppet master with him, getting him to do all of these nefarious things, like reaching out to ISIS, uh, reaching out to an ISIS fighter and inviting him to Canada, offering them money and place to stay and get him all set up and everything. This isn't something that, that, I mean, that if it's just one person, if it's just this guy, that's, that's a problem. But if he's too stupid, let's just break it down this way. If he's too stupid, then who are all these other people in his government in places to cover for him? Because it's rare. We, we only get little piecemeal things. And, you know, the, and I'm not talking about the mainstream media. The mainstream media up there is bought and paid for. Okay? They're going to uh, tow whatever party line, uh, whoever's paying the bills, whoever, whoever's uh, signing the check, you know, because they're government funded. It's the reason why you don't want government funded media. You don't want those uh, subsidies going out there. You don't want to subsidize your media. You want your media to be free and fair, which, which in Canada, people are finding out, the Canadians are finding out that their media is anything but free and fair. Canadians are finding out that that thing that they thought was the, the, the idea of free speech for them is, just an action, is, is actually just an idea. It isn't something that's actually real for them. Uh, I, I say this quite a bit because I say things that they, they look at and it's shocking to them. Somehow it shocks them. They're like, oh, I don't know. You, you know, they get kind of scared. What are you scared of? What are you scared of? So, so what I reply to them is, is if you can't say this on your social media or if you can't say X thing on your social media, are you really free? If you cannot say that in uh, a small group of people, then are you really free? Do you, are you really able to exercise a freedom of speech? Because it doesn't sound like it. And quite, quite frankly, it, you're not doing, you're not free speeching right. So there's all kinds of different crazy news going on. You've got caravans headed for the U.S. border. You've got Trump rallies that uh, have people camped out waiting. You've got, I guess there's a rally. He's going to do a rally for Ted Cruz in Houston. And there's over 100,000 RSVPs. Like people, over almost 100,000 people have decided they're going to show up for this thing. Uh, I think you can look at that as uh, somewhat of a referendum on not just Trump, but perhaps what's going to go down in this midterm. We may see uh, yet another win as far as for the first time in a great number of decades, uh, a pres after a president was elected, that they, they usually lose the majority in the Congress. We may see it uh, go the other way, which would be something different, something new. Uh, and it would certainly help to go further into uh, this um, time of prosperity that Trump is, has set up which I think is a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Lots of people are working. You know, things are looking up. You know, we don't, we're not funding all this extraneous BS that the Democrats want us to fund. 
See, it's all been a big scam. The Democrat Party has been a big scam. This whole idea that there's two sides to the story and, and you got to debate. You have to debate. Yeah, that idea uh, goes out the window when you find out that the person that's de the, the other side that's debating you is completely wrong. And that right there is what they don't like about Trump is the fact that he just gone, he just went in there and proved that they were wrong. And now there's, there's no recovery from that. Everyone knows they're wrong. And I'm not saying that there aren't some uh, center left people maybe that are, you know, uh, the Democrats used to be a different party altogether. Right now they've got some people that are completely, they've completely lost their minds and they're violent and they're willing to break pretty serious laws. You know, uh, they'll threaten the president, they'll threaten members of Congress, they'll, you know, they'll threaten them in restaurants. Uh, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's not something you get away with. So these people are out there committing felonies against the government of the United States. So every day, you know, I pray more and more to God that those people never get elected anywhere. And it's got to go back the other way somehow. I mean, it has to, the liberal, the Democrat party has to decide what it's going to be. Is it going to be this extreme socialist left? this extreme socialism where everything that's a disease and every, every different eye color and the, the government has to be involved going to bat for those people, every injustice, you know, every perceived injustice in their own delusional mind has to be accounted for. You know, the government has to be ready to fight and defend and, and no, these people are nuts. They're completely nuts, but it didn't used to be that way. It didn't used to be that there used to be, um, not just civility, but there used to be uh, these different two different sides, left and right, were closer to the center. And what they were really arguing about were semantics, really, about how they're going to do Social Security, how they're, you know, is it wise to dip into Social Security to pay for other things, how they're going to supplement, you know, um, put, put out farm bills or things like that. This is not what these liberals are talking about. These liberal Democrats today are talking about stuff that is just is off the deep end, has nothing to do with governance at all, period. And it's a disease that's taken hold all over the world. There's, there's countries all over the world. Their governments have literally lost their marbles. Europe, you know, can't, I mean, they've got this massive migrant wave and nothing but crime happening in their streets, riots, crime, you know, you name it, it's going on. And it's hard to watch because, of, because here in the United States, you know, we have the second amendment, you know, if, if things get too crazy and we have to protect ourselves, that's what we do. We just, we just do it. But all these other countries in the world, they don't have that. They've been not afforded that. And so they have to defend themselves, you know, with lesser means, without equalization. And they, it's sad to see that they come up on the losing side, the, the losing end of it. I mean, you, you know, some of these mobs are just, you know, roaming the streets today. I saw a video of a teenager in high school. He's a migrant, apparently. He pulled a gun on his teacher, pointed it directly at her head in school. Now, I mean, you could imagine the uproar if that happened here in the United States. You can imagine that, that, you know, that would be uh, quite the story. I mean, you would be hearing about that. You would know who this person is. You would know everything about them, everything about their parents, everything about their grandparents, where they came from, who they knew. You'd know all of it. But not in France. Not in France. So there's a whole level of insane absurdity that's, that surrounds this liberal, I, I, these liberal globalists all over the world. And... It's, it comes out of the UN. It comes directly out of the UN. It comes out of the idea, and these people believe this, that the UN is somehow some massive world government. That's what they think it is. Like, literally, I've heard people say, well, the United States could pass this law, but 
they'll just they'll just appeal it in the UN. There's <laughs> there's no there's no appeal to the UN. That, that, that's not that's not what it's there for. That would that's essentially like saying you want to appeal it to a bunch of other countries to get their consensus on if that's okay or not. That isn't how this works. It's not how it works. It's not how it is, and that's not how it works. So you have you have people who are coming out of universities that are deemed educated by society, and, they, and in a sense, what's happened is they've been lied to. They've been indoctrinated and not educated. And when their indoctrination doesn't get them anywhere in life, they blow a fuse, slip a cog. They, you know, they were told that this is the way it is. And so I know I talk about uh, Canada's education. I think that can Canadians have gotten a raw deal. They, their schools were not the best. In fact, they did a number of things that, you know, uh, they did a number of things that essentially kept them from, you know, they wanted them to be able to function to do certain things, you know, just to, you know, be economically, you know, uh, available, I guess. But those old holdovers from those days, they, they never, I mean, they have some very, very intelligent people, don't get me wrong. But there is, a, I mean, there's a large number of them succumbing to this indoctrination, okay? And there's a number of different reasons why the schools weren't, weren't good. And I don't want to go into the, all of them, but I don't, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't want to rehash it. But what I do want to do is look at ways uh, that those schools can be, that, that Canadian people can get an excellent education, uh, a much better, I mean, there's so many different ways that they can get a much better education. And, and the, it all starts with removing all of the indoctrination, all of these uh, uh, social definitions, these gender-based definitions, all of those things. I mean, they, for crying out loud, they <laughs> sat down to negotiate a trade deal with a world superpower, and all they could do is put all of these, these gender rules in there. That's what they did. They put the gender rules in there, and, and the only thing I could think of, I said this before, the only thing I could think of why you would do that is if you knew that the people that you were talking to were definitely going to throw those things out, and they would have to give up something to throw that out. But that didn't work. It didn't work. They went in there and that is, they basically wouldn't told them that they wouldn't sit down if they were going to put stuff like that in there. So they ended up taking it out. But the fact that, you know, they thought they were going to go against one of the greatest negotiators and that's what, that was your play. That was going to, you know, that was how you were going to get one over on him. You know, it didn't work. It didn't work. Cue that video of Justin Trudeau talking with his wife, Sophie, uh, saying that he's a genius. <laughs> Cue that video up. I assure you that the man is nowhere near genius. Nowhere near genius. Now, this playbook that he's using, uh, you know, it's the same playbook that Obama used, you know. You, you go in there and you destroy the country economically. And then when there's this big problem and then you have to, well, I have to fix it. So they start making up all of these, you know, things, start taking away people's rights and imposing things on the population. And, and I think it's so funny that, that Canadians are, are so polite they're so well-mannered and they're, and they're, they're, they're really, really super nice. And they, they see this kind of stuff and they're just, you know, they let it go for a while, but I think they're getting to the point now where they realized, I think we've let this go on long enough. And so when I hear some of those things that come out of the Justin Trudeau government, I think to myself, huh, I want to, uh, I want to smash all of his, ideas and his thoughts and I want to smash all of his ability to communicate those things uh, and just destroy the guy. I mean, I just, I mean, it doesn't, 
somehow he got it in his head that this is going to lead him to this utopian dictatorship. <laughs> this, I mean, look, the guy can't even keep his eyebrow on. You know what I mean? This, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Oh, uh, Canada's uh, post-national. Post no, it isn't. It isn't. Canada's confederation is an agreement between provinces to work economically together. It doesn't have anything to do with a dictatorship or anything like that. And the, his own words are that the office of the prime minister is, is ceremonial anyways. It's pretty ceremonial, you know. So what, what harm could he possibly do? That's what he wants you to think. What, what harm could he possibly do? So, so there's a highly respected intelligence, uh, official form of intelligence uh, for, I guess he had done, uh, his name's Tom Quiggin. He's done uh, some work with CSIS, done some work for RCMP. He's been overseas. And um, I've been keeping track of his, uh, some of his material that he's been putting out, but he had just released a story just last week about how um, the RCMP needs to investigate the Trudeau government and officials inside the Trudeau government for for seeking out and inviting this ISIS terrorist um, to Canada. So apparently this ISIS terrorist is a British citizen. So that's kind of what the rub is. Like, why are you seeking these people out? It's one thing if you've got people coming in that are uh, illegal border crossers that are coming in via a safe third country agreement, uh, which... The, Every time, every time he's confronted on it, like, oh, well, uh, so are you going to change the agreement? Are you going to, uh, you know, do something to address the agreement? Well, uh, and then, so then he never, and he never does. And he also never answers whether he is or isn't. So it's completely, uh, this is complete buffoonery. This buffoon, get him out of my sight. I don't want to see him up there. I don't know where this guy's going to live when he's done. I mean, I did, for all the stuff this guy's pulled. I, I think that another country is probably uh, safe for him, like Cuba. I keep saying Cuba because it's possible that Castro is his actual father. That's that's one possibility. Uh, who knows? I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, just take the guy for you know what he is. He's just a dunce. I like podcasting as opposed to broadcasting. The reason why is I can use words like um, asshat and nobody gets really offended. They're not going to like, hey man. You said you called some. You called Justin Trudeau asshat. Yeah. So back on October 11th on my Twitter feed, I went ahead and said, "Hey, you know, Justin Trudeau is a punk ass bitch." Now, I typed that out. I don't have a whole lot of followers. I don't have a whole lot of followers. But all of a sudden, like people are talking about how Justin is a punk. Now the word punk is being associated with Justin Trudeau. I mean, that's what he is. It's accurate. It's accurate. But I just think that that's hilarious. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. You know, slap him around a little bit. Not physically. No, don't get violent, but but just give him a mental beatdown every, you know, every now and again. You know, just slap him around a little bit. It's 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 like grabbing him by the shirt and give him a little shake a little bit, you know? He's not he's not a performer. This guy's not performing the duties that he was elected to. Um doesn't I, I don't know if you can hear me shaking my head. No, the guy's just not. No. And, you know, I feel bad because I go, sometimes my language gets really super strong. Uh, when I get a little bit heated over some of the things that uh, I find out that's going on, I'm like, oh, man. But literally, uh, the guy's a dunce, you know? This is no good. This is no good. Uh, Canadians deserve way better than that. Way better. So these people just angry mobbing everybody. And uh, what happened to Russian collusion? What happened to that story? You know what I mean? It's like it disappeared. Nobody's talking about it anymore. You know? 
Mueller, Mueller's still on the job. Mueller's still, still looking for that elusive Trump-Russia connection. There isn't one. <laughs> this guy. And you see what they did. They went and basically put him in charge of a, an investigation that the only thing that he'd, he'd end up doing is investigating the stuff that he did. <laughs> you know, I mean, what a dummy, you know? They'd put it out there like it was this, you know, oh, you can get me. Oh, that'll put me in the perfect position to get this guy. It puts you in the perfect position to investigate yourself. <laughs> You investigated yourself. You knew there were places you couldn't go. You knew there was places you couldn't go. Because those roads would lead back to you. It's kind of a brilliant move, really. I mean, like I'm actually, I'm actually, to be honest with you, I'm shocked that, that even Donald Trump would come up with something like that. Uh, that doesn't seem to me like, I mean, that's pretty deep. That's a pretty deep move. That's, those, that's, a, that's some 60 chess right there, 60 pong or something, you know? That's pretty, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, on the other end, it also has halted everyone else who was involved, like Rosenstein and everything. He, there's nothing he can do but sit there and watch the dominoes fall and then destroy his career at the end. And I'm not saying that Trump's destroying the guy's career. I'm saying that he destroyed his own career, but it's just like he's just waiting for it to just actually take effect. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. So Cory Booker, I guess he's had some type of accuser come out and accuse him and at first, everyone thought it was a woman. It turns out it's a guy. <laughs> it's a guy. Oh, geez. I mean, it just keeps getting better and better. You know, who are these people? Where do they come from? Why are they even there? I mean, you don't, you don't stand up in front of a camera with your eyes kind of wonky and tell lies and not expect people to basically be smart enough to figure out that you're an idiot and you're a liar. I mean, people know they can figure it out. They're not stupid. Not, so that's, I guess that's what the whole thing really boils down to is that liberals think that conservatives are stupid or that the people, the, the American population is stupid or the Canadian population is stupid. That's what they think. Liberals think that. And they think that, and it's arrogance. It's arrogance. But it, and, 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 you know, pride, like they say, pride goes before the fall. So these people just, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to get up there and say this. I mean, like that gal that accused, uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, that is something that should be investigated. I mean, there should, should be looked into, not the fact that he may or may not have assaulted her, but uh, the fact that she may have been threatened and, and put up to, you know, putting that forward. Who, who, who brought her to the table? I mean, literally, because she could have done it in private, could have kept it private. There was a whole number of things that were done in that particular situation that were just horrible. And so I... It, it does make me wonder. It makes me wonder whether or not some of these um, people, uh, maybe they're actors and actresses or maybe they're politicians with something, you know, some skeleton in their closet or something. You know, like Jeff Flake. I mean, how'd they get this guy to waffle? You know what I mean? It's not like he's up for re-election or anything. He's, he's retiring from it, you know? So a whole lot of things don't make sense, but I can't be too, sh too certain that these people aren't out there threatening to kill these people, you know? I can't, I mean... How long is it going to take before somebody actually steps forward and is like, look, these people are threatening me. You know, maybe they're actors, maybe they're actresses, maybe they're, you know, whoever. But I mean, they're, how are you getting all of these people to, to literally stand up in front of a camera and be a, a complete moron and lie to people and like they're telling the truth? How, I mean, like the media people, you know, CNN or MSNBC or whoever it is, it doesn't matter. My point is that you can't be too certain that these people haven't been threatened. I mean, they, if they at all have been in any way complicit in whatever Obama was doing, which that guy's an idiot, 
you can't you can't say that it's. I mean, it's totally within the realm of possibility. I mean, if they have certain things that are uh, criminal, certain activities that are criminal or deemed, you know, high crimes like treason, for example, just it just you know goes towards that idea that they're going to do whatever they can to protect themselves and and protect themselves from uh, criminal liability there. So it's a big fat mess. Um, and you don't hear very much from Macron right now in France because he's created this huge mess. He, he had an opportunity when he got in there to actually make some adjustments and fix this, fix the problem. She, but in the interim, he has shown zero um, signs of actually wanting to do that. Meanwhile, you know, they've got gangs roaming the streets, not even safe for people to walk the streets. I mean, we're talking, you know, assaults, rapes. We're talking, you know, serious crimes, serious bodily injury, uh, serious bodily harm. And some of the, you know, uh, it's being perpetuated by these migrants. And, and, and the taxpayers that, you know, the citizens of that country are, are having to pay for it. That isn't right. None of that's right. In, like in what world, in what fantasy world do you, are you are people all living in? where you think that that's okay. You know, we're going to, we're going to bring all these people in from Africa. Why, why, why it never occurred to you that it's 10 times cheaper to actually go build something in their country, you know, something nice, build it up, give those people some jobs, you know, maybe try to reform the, the social structure in their country, you know, maybe instruct them that it's not a good idea to have, you know, multiple wives and, you know, 20 plus children because there's not enough food for a population expansion like that. So if everybody believes like I can, you know, have as many wives as I want and I just keep having kids, they just keep popping out kids. That's not sustainable. You'll be starving. You'll all be starving. And to be honest with you, I would let you starve. I'm not going to feed you. You didn't take responsibility for yourself. You can't, you can't afford to have all those children. You can't afford the maintenance and upkeep on those wives. I can't even afford one. I don't know what you're doing with those four. Of course, they all have the same outfit. So, but I'm just saying, you know, you, you've got, so that's the other thing in Africa. I've said this before about Africa. They have a huge problem with AIDS. A huge uh, percentage of their population has AIDS. Like they haven't figured out how they are getting this, how they're getting AIDS. They haven't figured it out. You know, so now I don't mean that to be a disparaging, uh, in a disparaging way, you know, not, of course, I don't mean that everyone has AIDS in Africa, but there's a large majority of the population that does and it spreads. And it spreads by all of the promiscuity that's happening. It spreads by, I mean, if a guy has four wives and he contracts AIDS somehow, he gives it to his four wives. His four wives are only going to be able to give people AIDS if they have sex with somebody else. So it spreads, you know? So, so, for, so for people to tell me, and, and I don't know if that hurts their feelings or what, but when I addressed it before, I had said that it is possible to end AIDS in Africa. It's possible by instructing people the proper sexual you know, hygiene and so on and so forth the proper techniques and what's acceptable and what isn't and why. And that, that, that is the thing that people haven't been talking about. Okay. That's the thing that people haven't been talking about is how you get it. You don't just get it from somebody who's gotten it from somebody else. There's a, there's a, a malfunction in your sexuality that is causing it to happen. Now that isn't an anti-gay statement. I'm telling you that there is a physical reaction that happens when people are sodomizing each other. There's an immunocluster inside your intestines that becomes poisoned by the presence of seminal fluid. That's what causes AIDS. It erodes that immunocluster, and then pretty soon your body can't fight anything off. It's AIDS, and you can give it to other people. It's not hard, you know? It's easy. So if you address that practice, then you stop new cases from happening 
in that manner. And if you instruct everyone, look, this is, this is how this is happening, so let's stop this. Quarantine it. Cut it off. Get it, you know, stop that process from, from going any further. You've got to stop the process from going any further. Okay? And then after that, you can deal with the people that you, you know, quarantine those people. I mean, you got to do that when you have an STD. You can't just, you know, not worry about it. you got to worry about it. And they've got, you know, uh, it's dangerous, a dangerous level of prostitution. And I'm not singling any one country out. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over the continent. You can't have 70% of your, 60 to 70% of your population have uh, HIV AIDS and not, and not be aware that there's a problem. It's just not possible. It's just, so that's the way it is. And so it wasn't that I was saying that everyone there has it and they're gross. What I was saying is, is that there's practical steps that, you, that can be taken to curb that and to eventually eradicate it. And that those things, you know, should definitely be looked into. Now, the flip side of that is, is that these are the people that are migrating into Europe. Okay. So not only are they not necessarily the healthiest people, they're being sold in a slave market, which just a few years ago would have been, you know, just the suggestion that another person or group would sell another person or group of people on a market, on a slave market. It'd be unthinkable. But here we have the EU... They're paying like $6,000 a head for these people. Paying. Paying for their transportation. Paying for them to get into Europe. You know? Crossing the Mediterranean on a, on a migrant boat. Stuffed full of people. Fighting age men. Just waltzing into Europe like the borders are open. Yeah. I mean, why do you... Why do you even bother having a military? Why do you even bother with NATO? If it's just a free-for-all, then why not have some Russians? If it's just going to be a free-for-all, why not have some Arabs? Why not some Americans? How about some Americans come over? And so it's no wonder, it's, it's very clear to see what, if you're not going to protect your borders, then you don't really exist. Macron, Merkel, there's others. So these people have made this huge mistake, huge mistake, but refused to back down from it. They refused to fix their mistake. They refused to make the adjustments necessary. So this is... A, this is what they wanted to do. That's the only other way you, this is what they wanted to do. Which doesn't make any sense either. You know? Because if, you, if they wanted the absolute power, they could have just taken it. Use their military and take the absolute power. Just, just take it. You know? Why? You think that people are... are you, you think that they don't make that distinction? They think you think, you, do you think that people think that those are two different things? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And so the only other thing that we can kind of guess from that is, is that the military complex, the military apparatus in those countries wouldn't be a willing partner to that. Well, so now you've pit yourself against your own military and now you're not in a very good position, see? So that's why a number of these EU countries that are just solid with the EU, I don't know why, they're solid with the EU, they're like, we need an army. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You can't rely on your own military you can't rely on NATO forces. You need your own. You need a third military that's beholden to you and you alone. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. And it leads me to believe that you're not in control of your country. It leads me to believe that you are not in charge. It leads me to believe that you are ready to be overthrown. Perhaps someone will oblige you.